Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Of course it was going to raise tensions, and of course things were going to happen, and did happen. Was I part of it? Absolutely not. Was I anger? Was it done because of my anger? Was it done because I was telling the truth about what the position was? Maybe. Bankrupt former billionaire Sean Quinn is back in the news. And that's where he wants to be. I stayed away from it. I just kept completely out of it. I just, anybody ever asked me, I said, look at Wrong, 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 wrong. He says he wants to tell his side of the story. His version of how he lost his empire. Businesses which employed thousands. I was ambitious and I was hungry. And I liked to be successful. And uh, maybe taking too much risks as it turned out. And maybe I was too close to the decision making at all times. The men who took those businesses over were hated by many in Quinn country. One of them... Kevin Lunny was even kidnapped and tortured. Father of six, Kevin Lunny left work at Quinn Industrial Holdings, QIH. As the company director drove up the small lane to his house, two cars boxed him in. He was abducted, brought across the border into the Republic of Ireland and tortured. Sean Quinn has always condemned that incident. But the Gardaí continued to hunt for the paymaster who ordered the attack. Do you have suspicions over who you think the paymaster is? <clears throat> there is no paymaster. I don't know where this idea came from, paymaster. I genuinely don't. If there's a paymaster, I don't know about it. But if you're asking me, what's my opinion? I don't, I don't think there's no, I don't think there's any paymaster. Yeah. Belfast Telegraph journalist Andrew Madden has spoken to Sean Quinn in his home. He joins me now in the studio. Andrew Madden, once again, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell. Andrew, you're here uh, to talk about your recent interview with Sean Quinn. But first, can we start with the latest twist in this story? Mm-hmm. So essentially what's happened in recent days is uh, the Guardi have launched a criminal investigation regarding comments made by Sean Quinn, the former billionaire, um, in which he said that he would have preferred seeing two other directors at his former companies being beaten up instead of Kevin Lunny. Um, in a radio interview last week, Mr. Quinn claimed that uh, Mr. Lunny wasn't to blame for what happened to him, what happened to the former Quinn group, and said he should not have been kidnapped and tortured. But he then remarked that he would rather seen 
company directors John McCartan and Liam McCaffrey beaten up. So these two directors subsequently um, made statements of complaint to detectives, outlining their concerns about what Sean Quinn said. And now it is understood that Guardi and the Cavan Monaghan division have launched an official inquiry after requesting a meeting yesterday with Mr. McCartan and Mr. McCaffrey. And it's understood that the two directors at the former Quinn Industrial Holdings, which is now called Manic, um, made their statements of complaint. Um, and the officers attached to a specialist team are involved in a long-running investigation to identify the mysterious paymaster suspected of funding a campaign of intimidation and arson attacks over several years. Andrew, mm-hmm. you've been down to Quinn country. I have indeed, yes. Uh, what brought you to Sean Quinn's kitchen table? Well, uh, last week, Sean Quinn uh, launched his memoir, uh, in my own words, it's called, um, in an attempt to reclaim the narrative that's been built up around him and what's happened in recent years. Um, so he's been doing the media rounds and he invited us down to have a chat with him around his kitchen table. Now, Andrew, our media house colleague, Maeve Sheehan, visited the same mm-hmm. house in recent weeks and she got a particularly rough reception. We can listen to a clip of that. Mm-hmm. Just, are you going to... You say in the book that you're going to fade into the shadows. You're here at six o'clock. You reopen it every time we think we have it closed. So I have to ask you then, were you nervous? Not really. Um, I was more apprehensive really about what he'd perhaps say or what he would give away or not give away, but I wouldn't say I was nervous, no, because the worst that's going to happen really is essentially he'll shout at you, kick you out of his house. But uh, he was hospitable to me. Um, he didn't raise his voice. You could tell at a few occasions during the interview, he did get a wee bit frustrated with the questioning. Um, but he answered all my questions. Um, he didn't he, he didn't refuse to comment on very much. Um, and as I was leaving at the door, uh, you know, he, he wished us well and shook a hand. You know, I've left this... We've been talking about Sean Quinn for a few minutes here, mm-hmm. but there may be some people, there may be some listeners, especially, I suppose, younger listeners, mm-hmm. who don't know who Sean Quinn is. Could you just remind us? I, I know, I understand the vast majority of people yeah. listening to podcasts are saying, of course we know who Sean Quinn is, but just in yeah. case. Well, he's originally from uh, Derry Lane in County Fermanagh. I grew up uh, very humble beginnings, we farm family, and he lived on a farm which while it wasn't massive, um, it was very mineral rich. So in the 70s, um, he decided to start a gravel company, um, you know, plowing gravel and polishing it and selling it to um, construction companies around. And then in the preceding years, he expanded and expanded and expanded. And um, by 2007, 2008, his business empire spanned several countries. Um, he employed around 8,000 people. He had hotels, an insurance company, glass company, packaging company. Um, yeah, he had a business empire, which I mean, was worth billions. And that's the that's the rise. That's the rise. You know, yeah. as you say, a humble farming family. Mm-hmm. Wearing no shoes to school, that's a quote. That's, that's what he said, yep. Uh, by the end of 2007, Sean Quinn had a net worth of more than three billion pounds. Yes. He had a business portfolio of... Firms, manufacturing, hotels, financial services spanning several countries. And mm-hmm. this is the thing, and you've touched on it, about mm-hmm. those jobs and where those jobs were. Well, that's it, yeah. It, you know, the hero, a 
and let's look at it. Let's look at this from a local point of view. He's a self-made man. Yeah. He's an enterprising man. He's a rich man who looked after his own people. Mm-hmm. He's a man who found some sand on his land and who built an, a, a cement empire, hotels, an insurance firm, manufacturing, and all in Fermanagh and Cavan, mm-hmm. areas central government couldn't care less about. He created jobs for thousands and good jobs. Mm-hmm. And on a Friday night, <laughs> he would drink a pint with you. So what is the media's problem with Sean Quinn then? Well, that's, well, I suppose a lot of it is linked to the downfall, and people thought you know, there's a certain degree of perhaps hubris on Sean Prince's part, to a certain degree of, of arrogance. Maybe the power got to his head to a certain degree, but it depends. As you say, it depends who you ask. You know, he's very, to this day, very highly thought of in uh, in Fermanagh and the Cavan area, where which because you had to remember before Sean Quinn um, had a success, it was pretty much a backwater, you know, and he went on to employ thousands of people. And these were good jobs, you know. So a lot of people um, owed their livelihoods to Sean Quinn. How did it come crashing down? Well, essentially what happened was in the few years prior to 2008, um, Sean Quinn began buying contracts for difference. They're known in Anglo-Irish Bank. Now, essentially what these are, they're financial instruments that allow you to gamble on the share price going up. So if it does, you can pocket the difference. If it doesn't, you lose money. So he invested around 630 million euros um, in this venture and then 2008 came and the market crashed and then what happened was um, Anglo-Irish Bank wanted to try to support their share price so they started lending money to Sean Quinn um, hundreds of millions at a time which he would then use to uh, invest in more shares so he used digging he dig, used digging, dug, dug digging, deeper. digging trying to cover his losses trying to gambling essentially on the things would get better. This wouldn't last. And and that's, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mentioned all these previous businesses and mm-hmm. they all sold or produced something physical or a service, like a hotel. Well, that's it. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But this now... This is a bit different, yeah. This is very different. Mm-hmm. This is gambling. This is gambling. Uh, yeah. Because that's what a lot of financial yeah. things is. Things go up, things go down. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And this was millions of pounds that, you know, his businesses um, had made. And it certainly yeah. wasn't Sean Quinn's background. No, no, it wasn't. No, because as I said before, he was he was a, a business entrepreneur. Um, you know, he had hospitality business, he had an insurance business, he had gravel and cement. But you're selling products here, and you're getting the money back in return. But in this case, it it was essentially gambling. Yeah, the, the shares in Anglo Irish. Yeah, looking back on that now, how do you how do you feel? Do you see that as a huge well, I, feel, I, I feel that we bought too many shares, and that was my idea. We bought too many. We bought, we spent too much money on Anglo shares. The market collapsed. Anglo-Irish collapsed, mm-hmm. he ended up owing three billion pounds mm-hmm. to the bank, which we've already said he was worth three billion. He was worth three billion. Yeah. That's everything. Well, that's everything. That's everything. And you know, this is, when you say worth three billion, it's not as if I've got three billion in the bank, you've got assets, you know, you've got, you'd have to go liquid, as I say, to make a lot, which would mean the end for company. So, so, the, so the, that's how mm-hmm. he lost his businesses. The businesses which all carried his name, they yeah. weren't they weren't isolated. They weren't insulated from this yeah. lo- losses. They they were his assets. They were his assets, and he yeah. eventually was declared bankrupt. Yeah, he was eventually declared bankrupt, and then in April 2011, a share receiver was appointed to Anglo Irish Bank, um, to which the Quinn Group owed all this money. So they took control of the Quinn family's equity interests, um, and. That meant that they no longer had any role in the in the management of the company. So that was his ousting, as you say. I want to get back to that, but I think we should. We do. We do have to say. I mean, Quinn Insurance also had um, mm-hmm. d- um, diff- uh, difficulties, and yes, that, it did. that was bailed out. Yes. That's the taxpayer yeah. pays that. Yeah. So perhaps that gives an indication as to why Sean Quinn 
mightn't be as popular in Ireland as he is as a whole as as he is in Cavan and Fermanagh. Well, that's it. You know, when you've got these cases where, you know, the little man suffers while, you know, banks get bailed out or companies get bailed out and that kind of thing, then it paints a, a less than rosy picture. Exactly. To the average show on the street. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and, and that's perhaps part of the story. This is an essential part of mm. the story because somehow uh, profits are private and losses somehow become public. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, it seems that capitalism only works one way. Yeah, that's <laughs> where, it. Where, whereas if you gain, you should also lose. And that's yeah. how many people will see it. And that's perhaps part of the Sean Quinn story that we can never take away Sean Quinn's continuing popularity. Mm. in Quinn country as it says and even to say the term Quinn country I Mm -hmm. think is quite remarkable but this is the thing Mm -hmm. he loses control of these companies Mm -hmm. in many places I say he was ousted yeah I think, Andrew, this whole story rests on your interpretation of what happened because many of Sean Quinn's supporters believe that his own management team betrayed him, stabbed Mm. him in the back and took his company off him when he was down. Can we say in as cold and dispassionate a way as possible, how did Sean Quinn lose his companies? And he has a narrative and other people have a narrative, but what can we say? Yeah. Well, essentially, um, when a receiver came over to take control of his company, um, there was a point by Anglo-Irish Bank to which Quinn owed all this money. Um, they also took control of the Quinn family's interest, his equity interest, in uh, the Quinn group. So that meant they no longer had any role in the management or operations or ownership of the group. And then what happened was, um, well, Sean Quinn was declared bankrupt. Um, and then a joint venture between Anglo-Irish Bank and one of the United States' largest insu- insurers called um, Liberty Mutual uh, was lined up to to run the operation. And this is where a few former Quinn Group directors became involved. And this was what drew the R, Sean Quinn. Um, Did they bring their own capital or were they yeah. employees? They were essentially employees. They were, they were their directors, but they're employees. Um, but the capital um, mainly came from America. Um, so they were brought in to, to run the show as things, uh, as you would say, um, and this didn't please Sean Quinn. A group of his executives tried to rebuild the company. Sean Quinn wanted back in, but was ultimately excluded, along with others, felt he'd been stabbed in the back. Well, I mean, for him it's a betrayal. For him it's a betrayal. And he, was, he still said it to this day, that's what he said to but if, me. But if he lost control, financially and mm-hmm. legally... Yep. I mean, how how could these directors, who are essentially employees, give the company back to him? I don't understand that. Well, they couldn't, and that's what that's what a lot of the um, behind the scenes wrangling and the arguments and the legal cases were over. For some reason, Sean Quinn thought he had a kind of uh, gentleman's agreement that um, after a few years um, he would be able to, in some fashion, take take control of the company. Um, but this obviously it never happened. Yeah, but he was brought in for a period as um as a, a consultant, um. But that lasted about a year, and then he had another fallen out. I see. I see. I mean, again, mm-hmm. we're attempting these. Th- th- I mean, I am not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I'm not an accountant, and I'm certainly not a specialist lawyer who's also an accountant mm-hmm. uh, in terms of murder, mergers and acquisitions yeah. and all of these things. So, so let's be clear about this. Mm-hmm. We're trying to explain. We're trying to understand these things and explain them mm-hmm. to other people uh, as clearly as we can. 
do. But looking at this dispassionately, mm-hmm. you know, if you've lost control of your company, you know, the, you, you know, and you're declared bankrupt and your assets have been taken off you mm-hmm. uh, because of that process, mm-hmm. uh, an, an external person has come in mm-hmm. to, an external group has come in to take control of the company. I mean, I, 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 I struggle to see how Sean Quinn expected to get everything back. And I know mm-hmm. a, even a gentleman's agreement, but how would that work out legally? Well, that's it. And it, it didn't work out legally. Um, but, you know, maybe Sean Quinn may perhaps believe, you know, I was the man that, that ran the built and ran this company. I was the one that was the best. The key to success maybe is perhaps for these people to realise that maybe you should put me back in um, because I'm the guy that can build it up again. But that never happened. And there's a natural, I suppose there's a natural justice argument and many people mm, in yeah. Quinn country and Fermanagh and Cavan, yeah. would, as I said, would see Sean Quinn as a hero who brought thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs yeah. to the area mm-hmm. and that it was his enterprise and his Courage, and and his and his intelligence, which built that all up, and that a way should have been found in order to restore mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Sean Quinn's business empire. Mm-hmm. Now he is bankrupt, but I mean he's not living in poverty either. No, it's not at all. Um, which I was quite surprised at. I had never really been in Quinn Country before, but uh, driving up to his house, it's a huge. It's a mansion. You know, he's got the wrought iron gates, three path up to his house, seven bedrooms, swimming pool, everything. So. Um, yeah, uh, even the rich don't go broke like the rest of us, I guess. You were there because of his new book. Yep. Uh, the new book is entitled In My Own Words, and it's his side of the story. Yeah, very much so. Uh, have you read it? Yeah, I have indeed, yeah. Uh, what is his side of the story? Well, his side of the story was essentially that he was betrayed, and people that were once loyal to him uh, were no longer loyal to him and everything was unfairly taken off him. He says he never broke the law despite having to spend a, a few weeks in prison for contempt of court um, over so-called asset stripping. Um, but essentially he's, he's very aggrieved and he doesn't mince his words, I'll put it that way. We've mentioned Kevin Lunny already. Yeah. Can you remind us of the Kevin Lunny incident? Yeah. Well, Kevin Lunny at one stage was somewhat of a, a protege to Sean Quinn, and Sean Quinn even said to me himself, you know, he was very close to, to Kevin Lunny whenever uh, Kevin Lunny was Sean Quinn's employee. Um, and he was one of the directors that came back in um, when the Quinn Group was renamed Quinn Industrial Holdings, and then again it was renamed Manock, and it's still in place to this day. Now, in 2019, Kevin Lunny was on his way home from work, and he was abducted by a gang of masked men and he was tortured. He had his leg broken. He had the letters QIH, Quinn Industrial Holdings, carved into his chest um, and he was threatened. And then he was dumped on a, on a, on a lonely road where he was later found and brought, brought to hospital. The Kevin Lunny attack, albeit the most violent, wasn't the first time a QIH boss was targeted. There have been over 70 examples of harassment like this arson attack on a family member's car. A catalogue of abuse directed at QIH executives like John McCartan. Uh, the, the directors of what it was now, uh, Industrial Holdings and then Manock, um, and this has been going on for years. Um, but this was the, 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 um, the most high profile and most barbaric of, of, of these in a, a, this campaign of intimidation. So as I said, Sean Quinn has consistently condemned this campaign and says he's had no part of it. Now, three yeah. men were jailed for their role in the attack. They were indeed. But the judge in sentencing yeah. said his highest sentence would be reserved for the unnamed paymaster who funded it. And this yeah. is when this word enters our vocabulary in the orbit of this story. Yeah, yes, very much so. So essentially it was 
while um, obviously the, the people that were jailed um, have a certain degree of responsibility, there was some ultimate person behind all this that was funding all these attacks. Um, and then there was a, a police raid in a house in England um, with, uh, it was the home of a career criminal called Cyril McGuinness, known as Dublin Jimmy. And he was linked to the kidnapping and during the raid he suffered a suspected heart attack and died. Um, but yeah, so the, the paymaster, there's been long questions and there's still an investigation ongoing to try to figure out who this is, but to date it hasn't yielded um, any more any more arrests. And, yeah. it, it, it is a very interesting, despite his name Dublin Jimmy and he lived in England, he was from Derry Lynn. He was indeed. And, and this, yeah. is, this, this is where Sean Quinn's from. This is where Sean Quinn's uh, from, yeah. So it's yeah, a small, uh, close-knit community where everyone knows everyone. Uh, Mr. Quinn, Sean Quinn says he would never have anything to do with Dublin Jimmy and uh, never had prior to his death or after his death. He, mm-hmm. he, he said he may have met him in the pub but didn't know him. And in the book, I noticed you say you didn't really know Dublin Jimmy very well. Did you know him a bit? Of course. Of course. How well? Well, let's put it this way. I was never talking to him for 30 seconds, if that's, if that's any help. And did I meet him ever for a chat? No. No. Mm-hmm. A local parish priest ha- yes. ha- ha- has disputed that. Yes, Father Oliver O'Reilly, who was at one stage quite close to the Quinns. You know, he would have visited him at the home quite, quite frequently. And that was Sean Quinn and the families. He was a parish priest of their local, local church. And... On the pulpit, um, Father Oliver O'Reilly uh, again made reference to the paymaster um, and said that he needs to be brought to justice. And this angered Sean Quinn because Sean Quinn believes that the priest was referring to him. I now believe that there has been a mafia style group with its own godfather operating in our region for some time behind the scenes. No one. Should be, should be untouchable before the law. Does everybody in this community know who you're talking about? A lot of people would have a fair idea. The only person that mentioned my name was a local priest. Yes. Nobody yet. He didn't mention my name, by the way, but we have no doubt who he was talking about. He was talking about me. Um, Sean Quinn subsequently actually paid the priest a visit where he, he gave him a piece of his mind, so we say. Yeah, he said. Yeah. He, he, he said. He said. Well, he didn't mention my name, but I know who he was talking about. Yeah, he was talking about me. Yeah, so that's Sean Quinn's words. That's Sean Quinn's words to me. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 incredible. It is. It is. It is. Because obviously, in in small um, a community like that, there uh, a parish priest's words hold a lot of weight. Yeah. He, he, to, to 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 this day, mm-hmm. um, and Father O'Reilly. Has I mean, as I said, he's he, he Father Riley has said he finds Sean Quinn's description of barely knowing uh, Dublin Jimmy, uh, Cyril McGuinness as surprising. Yeah, uh, he, he he said they both um, would have uh, frequented a pub in Ballyconnell. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has made comments, uh, Father O'Reilly, about the book. He has indeed, um, and they're not very kind comments if you're. Uh from Sean Quinn's perspective. Um, essentially, yeah, writing in the, the Sunday Independent, Father O'Reilly, he called out the former billionaire's new book as highly selective and a self-serving exercise in revising history. Um, yes, and as you as you mentioned, he also um, refuted uh, Sean Quinn's claim that he barely knew Dublin Jimmy. Um, and he said uh, their engagement was, was more than a greeting. Apparently. I mean, as the, the, the position of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. in Ireland has changed dramatically. Very much so. 
having said that, the parish priest remains the parish priest. He does indeed, yes. And in the small community I got there, you know, everyone would know know the parish priest and uh, he would command a lot of respect. So, What people, does Sean Quinn have to say about Father O'Reilly? He was not too happy, shall we say. Um, he actually, yeah, as I mentioned, he, he visited Father O'Reilly um, after he made his comments from the pulpit um, and he essentially um, tore into him uh, and said, you know, it was a disgrace what you said. Um, it was unfair. It wasn't warranted. Um, you're trying to, you know, sully my family name. Ultimately, you know, you went down there to speak about this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I've read the article. It's it's there to read on the Belfast Telegraph uh, website for those who prefer to read rather than to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Sean Quinn, as we said, still massive support in his own area, but he feels mm-hmm. really hard done by in the media. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And he feels really hard done by by the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the crux of his argument? Well, I sense, you know, if he feels his company was unfairly, you know, taken off him. He said to me, you know, yeah, I lost all this money, but it was only 15 months profit for my for my business empire. So I could have I could have made it back, you know. And um, he thinks, you know, um, it was illegal for Anglo-Irish to loan him so much money to um, put back into the into the bank to try to support the share price. He feels that the, the directors that were once loyal to him betrayed him um, and they betrayed the community. Um, and you know at the end of the interview I asked him like well you know if someone offered you the reins of what was once your business empire back to you would you take it and he said he said no but he, he um, caveated that with but it would help anyone else who would want to take it over in any way I could um, and he wants to see the company be successful again because while it is a successful company in the sense that it's still going um, it's it's not the size of what it used to be do you think he would love that his name to be back? Oh, I think so. Because you notice on the front cover of the book, yeah, it's not just his name. Oh, it's, it's, it's the logo. It's the logo, yeah. And when you're driving through, you know what was once Quinn Country, you drive past all the all the factories and the the um, the, the the plants, and they've got the name Manic on it. And once upon a time, they had the name Quinn on it. So I think he, when he drives past those 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 factories now, he feels a certain uh, yeah, it hurts. I'm sure. Can you understand? The, the, can you understand now there, there will be people listening mm-hmm. who are saying these are journalists here mm-hmm. they've come to do a job on Sean yeah uh, he's a hero in, uh, and he's done so much for this community and they're talking you know what I mean and for many people we can talk about the bailouts and the financial thing and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. can we can we understand that well yes but uh, at the same time you know when you have like, uh, a somewhat enigmatic character like this who's had a meteoric rise and a dramatic downfall and all the events over the years since then um, it's always going to attract um, an audience whether they be supporters of Sean Quinn or not and I think it's worth talking about Do you think you'll interview him again or do you think he'll some do you think Sean Quinn will ever disappear off into the sunset I don't think he'll ever disappear off into the sunset um but I'm sure we haven't heard the last from Sean Quinn. Andrew Madden, thank you very much. Thank you. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. The research was by Olivia Peden. Sound design by Graham Davidson. The clips you heard were from the BBC, RTE and UTV. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.